You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Prepare yourself. You're on the run with Remzo W. Martinez. Just speaking my appearance. So I look more beautiful than usual. Here we go. New studio. I enjoy the digs. You look like a professional radio man, like you know what you're doing. And I don't. I am in my parents' basement until Tuesday. So <laughs> we're we're going old school. We're going old school. Oh, that's right. Christmas. I did not travel. I said did, no. did you celebrate Christmas at least? Uh, kind of. I mean, I was on, you know, Ben's show last night. Well, that's as Christmas as it gets. Yeah. yeah I've no, never uh, met a Jew who loves Christmas so much. He just brings such a big smile to your face. You know, it's weird. I'm just, I've never been a big Christmas guy. I just, I never have been. Um, it's just the way it is. I just, yeah. You, you know, I, I enjoy Christmas more for, for the religious sentiment, but as I've gotten older, I place more excitement towards Thanksgiving because it's the Me one do. holiday where no one is expecting anything. Yeah, I, I love Thanksgiving to me. Um, I've been spending it with my friends for 30 years, and if not longer. And uh, just Christmas is weird. Yeah, I just, it's so consumer-based now. And the whole message of what Christmas is about kind of gotten lost. And, you know, I had a strong feeling with, uh, you know, the Transformer virus that they were looking to ruin Christmas. They were, you could smell it. And they did. They did their best to ruin it. I mean, got flights canceled, you know, sports teams canceling games. And it's like, Jesus criminy, can we just have a normal Christmas? Are we afraid of the goddamn cold now? That's what we're afraid of. And how many people have died? Like three? It's like, what are so, we doing? Yeah. So everyone around me, including my fiance's family, has COVID right now. Yeah. Everyone. And no one is like suffering badly. Now, <laughs> most of them had been vaccinated. My brother was like patient zero. Um, but, you know, he he just slept for like, you know, a full day took some uh, over-the-counter stuff, some cold medicine. And, you know, he can't taste anything, but his appetite's been coming back. And we're just kind of looking at him. And he's like, I, I feel fine, relatively. That's, that's a cold. That's what a cold does. That's, I mean, we, I, I hope we can recover from this because we've lost our mind and sanity on sickness. And, you know, sickness is a part of being human. I mean, you can't avoid viruses. You can't. It's impossible. And where we've gone with this is just frightening of, and I talk about it all the time about, you know, health and our erosion of health in this country worldwide, but especially in the U.S., that, you know, your biggest defense against all this, be healthy. And it's not an issue. I mean, the odds of you dying of COVID and the flu are pretty equal, <laughs> it, you know, if you're healthy, which is very slim. When, when I had... And if you're cool with this, actually, this whole conversation leads oh, to totally the main fine. topic. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, so that makes my life easier because I'm lazy. But it, it's 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 interesting you bring that up because I had you know as you rem- as you probably remember I had COVID in January of yeah. this year, but I got influenza, you know, the flu at the end of October, 
And if you take out the pneumonia aspect that I had when I caught COVID, because I had the long COVID thing, if you just focus on the flu symptoms itself, I was knocked on my ass longer. I lost more weight because I had no appetite and it hit me harder when I caught the flu than when I had COVID. And it was one of those situations where it was like, and I don't, I don't usually get vaccinated for the flu shots. I mean, I, with the flu shots at all, I usually am just like, if it comes, it comes. But, um, I mean, when I, when I caught that, that was the first time in several years that I caught the flu. Um, I wasn't that surprised that it hit me that hard, especially since, you know, because of COVID, I had an upper respiratory infection in June. I mean, just little things like that have been kind of adding up. So when I finally caught the flu, I thought it was worse than COVID. I thought it was like Delta or something. I was like, well, you know, if this is what I have to get through in order to be good another couple of years, because that's the trend I've seen. Catch it once, get it really bad. Don't have the flu another couple of years. It's like, that's, that's just what I'm going to have to go with. Well, and I talked about this on, on Ben Stein's show and I had to move my camera. I realized I have a stain on my shirt. I'm like, Oh, what a loser. Um, what a dumb redneck got a big stain on his shirt and I got it out of the laundry. I mean, it's clean. Um, that nobody, nobody would have thought of that if you didn't bring it up. And now they're just going to be thinking about Gary stain the entire time. Yeah. Well, they can't see it now. Cause I hit it. Um, you know, it's, I talked about in 2022, I think you're going to have vaccinated people getting double COVID. I firmly see this. I hope I'm wrong, but just the patterns I'm seeing and with all these vaxxed people now coming down with, uh, what is it? I always miss say Omicron, 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 whatever. Omicron prime. Yeah. What a Decepticon and, variant. Yeah. And I just see that there's a lot of unknowns and, and again, where you, where you kind of avoid all this is again, be healthy. That's how you avoid all of it. And that's the part I'm fascinated with. And I'm working in the government. No one's talking about it. No one's saying, Hey, we got therapeutics at work. They're cheap. And not only that, but I just saw something, uh, someone posted today of 70 people on the board of Pfizer are communist or Chinese communist. Like, do they mean that they're, that they're like, that they're actually like, you know, self-avowed Maoists or they're taking money from the CCP? Yes. uh, All of the above. And I I just, I I didn't get enough time to dig. It could be totally bullshit, but it didn't look like it to me. And being a former government guy, I don't necessarily, everything that seems that it can't be true is usually true is how I've always looked at it. Matter of fact, the truth is usually worse than what you're being told. And so for me, understanding this and working in the government and dealing with drug companies and, and the FDA and U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, that I just, humanity, we've just lost our direction. And everyone is so concerned about making money. Again, we knew therapeutics worked. We've known that for a while now, but they're cheap. I mean, they're, they're pennies on the dollar, if not fractions of pennies on the dollar. And no one's talking about it. The government completely ignores it. They completely ignore health. And it's wear a mask that doesn't work and stay in your home. And we're going to make your life miserable. That's what we're going to do. It doesn't work. It's not working. And I'm about ready to dive deep. Uh, I'm sure you have uh, Madam X, who's my virologist, who I've had to give an alias because we're so afraid that people will attack her and she's got a job and a family, but we're going to dig pretty deep into the numbers 
And we could not get the numbers to work, no matter what. We tried everything to get to the 800,000 death count. We can't get to it. We can't get anywhere close. The best we're coming up with so far is that COVID is as deadly or less deadly than the flu. That's all we can figure. We cannot get the numbers to work. Um, We've tried all the death rates and the data can be flawed either way. But again, if you're healthy, I, I haven't been sick in two years. Anything, sniffles, cold, anything. But I think I got early COVID. I'm pretty sure of it now, now that almost all my friends have had it and everyone I know that they gave me the symptoms. And I go, that sounds like a lot of what I had, but I only had it for like a week. We're, we're at this point where I, I'll understand why people just can't accept that everyone's going to catch it if they hadn't already caught it at Absolutely. some point. Because this isn't one of those things that was ever just going to dissipate. Like the, like what New Zealand tried doing with COVID zero, they even admitted it wasn't going to happen. And then Australia over the last couple of months was like, yeah, we're, not, we're, not, we're never getting down to COVID zero. It yeah. used to be a joke that COVID was the flu now. But I, I do really strongly think it's overtaken the flu. And what do we do with the flu? I mean, I, I think some I think some practices have gotten better because of all of this, like, you know, work from home policies, sick leave policies, uh, you know, just general cleanliness and stuff like that. Like, you know, some things have gotten better, but like th- this idea, like I, I'm back in uh, Northern Virginia right now for, for a couple of days. And over the last six months, I've noticed that it has gotten better than how it was when I was living here. Um, DC has gone into a full state of emergency and now they've, they're instituting full COVID vaccine passports come January 15th. So it's like, you've got the people that never want the pandemic to end. And then you have everyone else that's willing to do it. Now I I went to, I went to the gym with my father um, on the, on a Christmas Eve. And it looks like, a regular gym. And I had been asking him since he is, you know, since he goes regularly, I'm like, is this the most amount of people you've ever seen? He's like, yeah. And, um, you know, there were some people that wore masks and there were a couple of people that, that were like double masked. And at that point, it's like, it has nothing to do with COVID. It's more of a sign of obedience. And I think the, the outcomes of trying to combat COVID have almost been worse than the actual sickness itself because it's we're we're going into 2022 and at least for me i feel like 2020 never ended no and that's what i mean we talked about this last night too i think 2022 is going to be worse from what the patterns i'm seeing they're they're putting down the clamps and i hate to say it but we are we are funneling into a totalitarian society and you either I, I put I said this on Twitter. I don't know if you, I said you either have to draw your line in the sand now and pick, you know, freedom and fight for it, or you're a pawn of tyranny. I mean, that's all there is to it anymore. And I hate to be that. I hate to be the you know the tinfoil hat guy. You know, I don't run around in a loincloth with with an M4 telling everyone the world's ending and finding my bunker. I'm not that guy. But what I'm seeing is is a slow erosion of our freedom. And again, that's why I teach the three-legged stool. The three-legged stool is about freedom. It's not about um, necessarily all lifestyle. It's about freedom. And that's how I broke it down. And I always start with health. I go, if you have your health and you're in charge of your health, you're clear of mind, clear of body, clear of soul, everything else starts to dissolve around you. And I've learned that myself doing this for as long as I have, that I look at the world completely differently than the average American. 
I live completely differently than the average American. I'm not saying I'm any better. I just see things for what they are. And I say, I'm going to take care of my health. And I, I talked about this on my last podcast. I just recorded comes out Tuesday. I said, you know how I'm debt free. Obviously I don't have any bills, anything. I go, people would be amazed if they asked me and go, where do you, where, what's your main expenditure? Food, food. It's because of my body. That's my main expenditure of where my outflow of money goes is food because I eat healthy. That's what I want. I want to be healthy. And I think what's happening is with the erosion of our health and obesity is a huge epidemic in this country right now. And, and they're ignoring the fact that obesity is one of the prime, if not the prime underlying condition of people dying of COVID. Well, guess what? That's probably good. If we went back to the flu stats, it would probably be the main stat for people dying of the flu would be obesity in old age. Interesting how those they go together again in a different, you know, got influence. And right now, this is something they're hiding, too, because I dug out the stats when I was looking for the other stats. The main hospitalizations right now, primary, primarily are the flu, not COVID, the flu. That's the hospitalizations, but I guarantee these hospitals are checking COVID box. Guarantee all of them are. And that's another problem is the data is flawed so badly. We don't know what's going on. We don't even know what to do because all the data is being skewed. I mean, you give a hospital 3,500 bucks, you know, when this started per patient who's with COVID, what do you think they're going to do? Everyone's going to have COVID guaranteed. Guarantee it. You incentivize hospitals to, to check the COVID box. They're going to check the COVID box. And they knew that. So now our data is flawed. It, we're screwed. We don't know what's going on. But now reality is kind of setting in where people go. I mean, all the people I know who've been vaccinated almost have gotten COVID. So we know that doesn't work. Matter of fact, a friend of mine just got the booster and got COVID right after the booster. And I'm like, yeah. I feel like with, with the vaccine and everything, like that one, they should have never called it a vaccine. I agree. And, and and two, if they had just been upfront about what it did, and I do blame Trump for this, I think a lot of conservatives forget that he, this is his vaccine. Like they should have just been like, listen, this is not a vaccine. It cannot stop the spread of COVID. It will not prevent you from getting COVID. But what it will do is it will make sure that when you get it, you your likelihood of being hospitalized will decrease. Yes. If they had just said that, I think a lot of people would have would have been fine with it. And it was when they started trying to mandate things, uh, you know, threatening uh, businesses and stuff like that. That's what made it worse. Because I'm, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to play the argument. Well, I'm not anti-vax. I'm anti-vaccine mandate. I, I don't like, I don't like the vaccines. I, I'll be straight with that. I don't like the vaccines. I'm not going to say I'm pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine mandate. I don't even really like the vaccines. But what I don't believe is that they were planting microchips in people and doing all yeah. this other stuff. Like, you know, I've got a friend who's a former D1 athlete. He still plays uh, semi-professional lacrosse throughout the East Coast. And um, dude is in phenomenal shape. I mean, a guy like that who's my age, 27, should not get the vaccine. I agree. And I told him that I'm like, there's no reason why you, one of the healthiest people I've ever met in my life should get the vaccine. You're not the high risk person that should be prioritized for this. And neither should I, because I'm young. I don't really get sick and I'm yeah. not like the people who are getting hospitalized. Even when I got COVID pneumonia, which was the most severe form, all I took was zinc, vitamin C, vitamin D, magnesium, and over the counter medications. 
and antibiotics for the pneumonia. Other than that, after a few weeks, like I, I, had, I had a cough for a while, but I didn't need to go back to the doctors for that. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing with the flu. The flu is kind of a crapshoot too. Uh, you know, you can end up with pneumonia, perfectly healthy person, but we do know it. It tends to kill people with com- compromised or, you know, low function immune systems, which tends to be young children and, and elderly. That's pretty basic, right? So we would want to protect the people who need to be protected with COVID, not blanketing and saying everyone will get vaccinated. I've always said this. I think they know there's enough data internally that they know the vaccine causes great harm to far more people than they're willing to admit. Mm -hmm. I'm not a non-vaxxer either. And I had a friend call me that. I went, dude, I've had more vaccinations in the government in the U.S. military than you've ever had. I've traveled all over. to get the anthrax shot. Yeah, I've had everything. (laughs) It's just this one, I drew my line in the sand and said, and the reason I even talked it over with my doctors, I just said, this isn't for me. I don't need it. I'm not going to get vaccinated to get vaccinated because pressure, I don't need it. (laughs) And, and, And I agree that you, they should have focused in on the people who are at risk. Say, hey, wear a mask. If you're going to go out, wear a mask. I'm totally for mask. I don't care. Um, but they also do a lot of damage. We know they do a lot of damage on young kids. Breathing in your exhaust fumes all day is not good. Not smart. And doing it to kids who are developing, their, their brains are developing, their immune systems are developing, the education. We got, we're going to have kids who have never been to school. Literally are in the education system who have never stepped foot at school. That's crazy to me. And I thought about, you know, growing up, you know, the only reason I stayed in high school was because athletics. I would have left at 16 and bounced and went straight to college or got a job because I thought high school was stupid. I didn't get it. (laughs) You know, I was all, I think I'm done. I think I got enough of this, you know, education. I think I can move on with my life. And only thing that kept me in was sports. And I can't imagine these kids not getting senior proms, not getting, getting their senior year, not having playing in front of crowds. I still have vivid memories of that. I'm 51 years old. I still remember my playoff games. I still remember the camaraderie, the relationships with my friends. These kids aren't going to get that. And this is the part they don't understand is they're literally destroying lives with this and the future of lives and people are are going to have are going to be desensitized to humanity in a way right i mean we're meant to interact that's how it works it's almost like a it almost puts social media on steroids is the best way to put it right because now everyone is in virtual relationships forced that's scary that's really scary. It's it's the matrix. And I know that's really, you know, overdone, yeah. but I mean that that's what it's really come down to. And I, I bring this this example of a friend of mine. She's a she's one of those fitness influencers, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers. Her life looks amazing, but she she's actively told me that she she's she's like severely depressed. Of course. And if people actually knew about what real life was for her, they would have a very completely different view. And, um, you know, that, that's kind of like what I, what I want to get into. I think all this was great to kind of lead into the main discussion. Yeah, yeah because, we got off track, but, you know. I'm oh, it all, it all matters. It all matters. And uh, we're, we're going into a new year. And I don't know about you, but I hate New Year's resolutions. I've never yeah, been a New yeah. Year's resolution guy. It's, it's a yep. placebo for the mind, and you're almost guaranteed to fail, whether you're, you're really serious about it or not. But um, what, what I've always appreciated about you is that you're a, you're a straightforward guy. You're going to tell your truth. 
whether or not people want to hear it. And, um, you know, one thing that a lot of people want to get into every year is fitness. Now I, I did your, your, uh, three-legged stool a little bit in reverse. My big thing was because I was dirt broke, get my finances together, become debt-free, you know, get a sustaining income and then build different active and passive streams of income. So I did that. My, uh, you know, my, my sense of purpose, my, my, my focus as a person that was always kind of there for me, but I needed to get very narrow with it so I could see it. I could feel it, so to speak. And the big thing I've struggled with, as many of the listeners know, that car accident I was in 2016 really screwed me up for a long time. So, you know, my health has always been a big concern for me. I had high blood pressure. Um, you know, I gained a ton of weight. I was, I was not anywhere near a healthy person and mm-hmm. I'm better now, but I still have a good distance to go. And, um, you know, the one thing that I've wanted to do for a while, and I did this when I finally moved to Wisconsin is I want to get back into combat sports because I did a competitive martial arts with my brother in Texas growing up. And it's always been one of those things that I wanted to get back into doing. So a lot of people, um, you know, have set up their goals and they want to do, I, I feel like people who, don't know the most about the things they want to get involved in always want to go for the deep end of things. Like I have friends who are severely obese that want to go ahead and jump into CrossFit immediately. And I know people that are like, Oh, you know, I want to get into an amateur boxing track uh, sooner or later. I'm going to be, you know, an, an ultra marathon runner. And it's like, okay, like let's get a mile in before you do that. And maybe you should walk around the block a couple of times. Yeah. Let's start there. But, uh, but, but, you know, I, I, I kind of did the same thing to a large degree. And when I started doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu over the summer, man, my, my injuries just, just added up there. And the lesser now I know how to, you know, maintain and prevent a lot of things, but like, um, you know, I, I, I brought it up to you and you were like, dude, I think you should stop. And, and you gave some pretty credible reasons. So I want to jump into the deep end and mm-hmm. then we'll kind of work our way down. Sure. You're, you're not a big proponent for CrossFit. Nope, never have. Um, and when it comes to combat sports, you're like, unless you're doing it professionally and you're getting paid a shit ton of money, maybe then that's an excuse. But otherwise, the damage is just far too much than what you're you're really getting into. Let, let, let's talk about that for a minute. Well, and, and, and I, it comes from, and I hope people understand, this comes from a place of experience. And I want to go back to the influencer thing because I'm getting ready to do an episode about false profits. And I have to be really careful with it. Um, I was going to name names. I've decided not to name names. Um, and I'm going to use more generalities. I'm going to have to name some people here and there to get my point across. But I didn't want the episode to be about SEO and big names and punching up. So I figured out a way because that's not what I'm about. I could do it to get big ratings and, and get you know in the algorithms. But I'm all, that's not it. You got. I focus on the message. But influencers are people who... Most of them are full of shit is the best way to put it. They talk a great game. Anyone who labels themselves an influencer, I've never labeled. I have no desire to call myself an influencer. That makes my skin crawl. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to go into health and get healthier, avoid all influencers and all celebrities. Easiest way to avoid all the trap doors. Anything fatty, ignore it. Uh, Health is super cheap to be healthy. I do it with hardly any money. I mean, I, I mean, I have money, but being healthy doesn't cost you very much. Um, uh, and, and with that, the well, reason I say that is I grew up, hey, man, I grew up a poor redneck in the middle of nowhere. I've been in fights. I mean, full slug out, punch outs, you know, 
all of it, played football, played basketball, did everything, you know, broke bones. And I'm paying for it to this day. Would I, do I regret some of it? No, absolutely not. But I've also done a lot of defensive tactics training, uh, you know, Krav Maga training in the state department, all that stuff. I've done all of it, you know, uh, and we did it safely and we still got hurt. I mean, people got jacked up and, what I tell people is you have to look at the risk versus benefit reward. CrossFit, I always used to laugh at because I know, you know, if there's anything I'm an expert in, it's friggin' health and exercise. I've been doing it for decades. I was been in competitive athletics since I was seven. I've coached people all over the world. I mean, I've done a bit of everything. And that's the thing you have to look at is the body is really good at healing to a point. Once you do ultimate damage, it will never be the same. This is a guy with screws and rods in his back. Like I said, I've broken a ton of bones, my hands. I've broken damn near every finger, both hands. And that's what I mean. It, these have consequences and you have to go, okay, what is the benefit in my life? And CrossFit, I used to laugh. I go, that's basically gymnast and powerlifting mixed together. And those are two of the most people who are injured for life, <laughs> who do it competitively, literally you look at, if you look at a gymnast, by the time they're 25, 30, they look like they're 80 years old because it is that hard on the body. Being a competitive gymnast, one of the most brutal sports on the, uh, on the face of the planet. Then they mix in powerlifting with it, which is a whole nother one. And these are not healthy events. They're competitive events, but they're not healthy. Um, and I tell people CrossFit is a mixture of things that are going to destroy your body. And then people jump in without any background. And the stat, I don't know what it is now, but back in the day, it was 70% of people who get into CrossFit and join a box end up injured and not slightly injured, injured to where they have to leave and not work out for a while, at the very least a while, some permanently. What's the point of that? How's that make you healthier? How's that bettering your life? I don't get it. And the guy who created CrossFit actually is a dirtbag. Well, yeah, I mean, we're not talking about like hit cardio either, like high intensity interval training. No, not at I think, all. Yeah. I think some people confuse the two. Like, Absolutely. you know, when, when I was, when I was a soldier, we would say, Hey, let's go do some CrossFit. But one, we didn't have any of the actual CrossFit equipment. So what did we do? We said we were doing that to sound cool, but it was all hit training with, with kettlebells and stuff like that. And, um, you know, like that, that, that is different than, than CrossFit. And the thing that I've seen, like my, my father is really into watching the CrossFit games and stuff. And, um, when like 10 years ago, he actually did a CrossFit class where he was working and he severely injured his back Yep. and he, he's a, he's an incredible shape for his age. And he wants to start getting more into Olympic powerlifting and other stuff like that. And my, my big thing for him has just been like your body while you are in shape compared to everyone around you, especially your age, you're dealing with a lot of borrowed time. And what yep. you're going to do is you're going to stress yourself and you've already injured your back so severely. Why would you want to do this? And I think it comes down to it, it, he wants to do it to say he can do it. And for that, I can't stop him. Well, and, and I don't talk from ignorance. I joined two boxes in, in big cities and they're two of the better ones, right? Because I had to know. And I wanted to see. I wanted to see what I knew what it was about to a certain extent. And one of my friends owned a box. And so I was like, oh, what's this CrossFit? It just doesn't make sense to me. And what it did is once I got in, it's kind of a culture, which I like the culture. I did like that part of it. 
it was just based upon bad, bad physical science. It just, these exercises are not meant to go together, to be honest with you. Kipping is about as bad for your shoulders as anything you can do. You might as well just go out and get in 15 car wrecks. Uh, I mean, honestly, it, it, kipping is the worst possible exercise. I go, people do a friggin' pull-up. How about that? That's way better for you. And it actually does something. Kipping just puts all kinds of stress on your joints, your arms, your neck, your back, everything. Um, but I, I went in there and you instantly get caught up in the competitiveness. I did. And I knew better. And next thing you know, I'm doing things I shouldn't be doing. And I hurt my back, which I have a bad back already. I already had screws and rods in my back. And I, after I did it, I went, what are you doing? Stop it. Who are you competing against? The only person you need to compete against in this age is myself, you know? And for me, I just think it's a bad idea. I, I honestly, I hate, I'm sure that I'm going to piss. I've always pissed CrossFit people off. They're the ones who do not like me, the paleo CrossFit people that can't stand me um, because I think they're full of shit and I know better. And, and I just don't think it's wise. I grew up with the Arnie principles. I grew up with pumping iron. Franco Colombo, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, all these guys. And those principles still apply because those were based upon compound functional exercises for the most part. The core, I always tell people, if you want to learn how to lift and, and do this, buy the Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding. I've had two editions of the damn thing. It is the most extensive. It's men, women, has everything in it. Diet, the diet's a little off here and there, but that's fine. Um, but the principles are standard. And the human body is meant to function within its limits and its norms. What would we have done, you know, as hunter gathers? That's how you have to look at it. Shelter, you know, raise kids, go get food, you know, protect each other. Maybe some more in tribes. Uh, unfortunately, that's humans. But what would that consist of? Running at times, jogging, walking, pulling yourself up, you know, cliffs. That's where pull-ups come from. Curls would be holding a baby, carrying sticks, wood, materials. Think of it. You have to think of what was my body geared to do. It wasn't geared to kip. Last time I checked, I never heard of a hunter-gatherer trying to climb a tree by kipping. Um, you know, that's what I mean. You have to think it through and go, okay, what, what would I need to do? What would my body do in nature? And that's the easiest way to look at it. I don't know if it was you or if it was somebody else on Brett McKay's show, The Art of Manliness, but they were they were talking about the this the the abnormality of bodybuilding, particularly these people that look like the Hulk and tan themselves for like Mr. Universe contest. And and basically that that whole idea is a modern concept because humanity for the most part prior to the industrial revolution most people were in shape and you know far healthier than even some people that go to the gym regularly now just because those exercises and that type of you know physical strain came from just everyday life yes so your cardio your strength uh and endurance and everything that just came through everyday life Yep. And it seems like now, because we live in a post-industrial world where people can now take the time to buy all the expensive equipment and focus more on their diet, now what came out of necessity has become a hobby, but the hobby has been taken to excess. Yes. Well, it's, it's consumerism again. We like shiny objects. And I talk about this every New Year's because I've watched it. 
First thing people do is I'm going to get in shape. They go out and buy a $200 pair of running shoes, even though they don't run. And then they go out and buy, you know, the, the sweat wicking, wicking this air conditioned shirt, this, that I go, what are you doing? What are you? They spend 500 bucks on a bunch of crap. Then they go buy a, a, a gym membership that they'll use for two weeks. And then all the stuff sits in the closet again. It's not about consumer. People are shocked that I work out in the same shirt, my little $7 t shirts I buy here and there. I never pay full price for a t shirt ever. And I, I mountain bike, road bike, all my equipment's the same. And I have my home gym consists of maybe three, 400 bucks worth of equipment. That's it. The rest of it, that's all I ever use. And people are kind of shocked by that. And I go, being healthy is not about gizmos. It's not about getting a $2,500 bike with a big screen on it. What You can get one without the screen for 600 bucks. You know, if you live in a place where it's cold and, you know, you have snow. I, I used to talk about this. I wrote in, uh, in my health book in Albuquerque. I would run in the winter. I, I, I've talked about how I'd gotten off track and I'd go run. They'd clean off the sidewalks. It was dangerous. Don't get me wrong at times, but I would go out and it would be below freezing and I would just bundle up and go run. I would go outside and just run because I wanted to be outdoors. I would get cabin fever. And that's part of it too, is just go outdoors, do something you enjoy. If you like hiking, hike. If you like swimming, swim. You don't have to torture yourself when it comes to bodybuilding and weightlifting, I come from that era because I was in football, I was in sports. So I like it. It's just something I'm used to, but the principles are the same. Again, they're, they're, they're exercises that build overall strength. They're functionality exercises. Um, but gyms came from people being inactive. We come from an agrarian society. We were all farmers. We were all ranchers. We we're all hunters. We built our own houses. That's what we did. We don't do that anymore. So you have to figure out, uh, you know, what you like and what you want to do. People always ask me, I don't work out as much as anyone thinks. I get probably four hours in the gym a week. And they go, well, how do you stay so fit? I go, because I work outside every single day almost. I go on walks with my dogs every single day. I, my, my life is functionality of health. You know, like today, I'll go out and I'm going to start building my uh, um, uh, thing for my front of my house uh, and uh, a pergola. And, you know, and I've been shoveling. You can see I've got, I don't know if you can see them, but I have big mounds, tons of rock. Well, I've been moving it with a wheelbarrow and a shovel all around the property. I mean, that's how I, I just, I, I live activity. It's not that complicated. And people overthink it. Our health industry is, uh, is just a billions and billions of dollars of a suck hole because that's how people make money is they keep you on this treadmill of you got to buy the latest gizmo. You've got to get the latest wicking sportswear. You got to have the most cutting edge shoes, even though our feet is what we were born with. Um, you know what I mean? And it's this perpetual. And I go, all you need is put on a pair of shorts and, you know, I'll be outside in boots in my Bates eight inch boots all day. They're fine. <laughs> I can run in those if I have to. But that's what I mean. We just, we get so wrapped around the axle on things instead of the execution. The, the key to life is action, action, executing the plan, not about planning. We love to plan and we like to prepare. Then we never execute the damn thing. That's the problem. I don't and, know. And I, 
Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing I take from that is like everything that you have been doing and currently do, this is stuff that if you remain in, this, in a similar state of health, you can do for another couple of decades. Easy. Because I don't see a lot of people over like 40 continuing to do CrossFit and, and stuff like that. And, and I mean, they kind of switch it over to combat sports because that's what, you yeah. know, kind of uh, jumpstarted the conversation a few weeks ago when I brought it up to you. Um, you know, I don't, I don't see a lot of old boxers either. The, the reason why I chose jujitsu, I, I did that specifically. One, it was one of those things I always kind of wanted to do. I've always been a big fan of uh, Hoist Gracie from, you know, UFC one and stuff like that. But my, my big thing was I, 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 ha- I have a bad neck and I have a long history of concussions. And I actually wanted to go do boxing. But I realized if I take a few hits to the head, even in a sparring environment, I'm one, I don't recover from that. And two, I'm just not going to last long. So I realized I couldn't do any impact related combat sports. And with jujitsu, it's all grappling. Um, you know, I, I see a lot of guys in there who have had injuries who come in all different, you know, shapes and sizes who they're able to do jujitsu. And like, you know, the saying is mat cardio is different than regular cardio because it's all, it's all ground-based it's takedowns, but it's all ground-based and it's about joint locks and chokes. And, you know, you could even professional boxers, they don't spar more than like two to three times a week, but you can roll, you know, that's our, that's our word for sparring. You can do that basically every day if, yeah. if you wanted to. And my thing about that is I, I look and, um, you know, the, the more injuries I've gotten through jujitsu, it's made me look at other combat sports more seriously because I'm like, if I'm getting severely injured through this, I wonder how it is for those guys who are actually getting hit. And, and the big thing that hit me like a month ago was my back. I could not sit down. I couldn't lay down, uh, you know, squatting to get into my car was difficult. Um, you know, I started looking into, you know, uh, injuries related to other uh, martial arts. And like, you know, right now boxing is seeing a, a big resurgence, mainly because of those two YouTubers, uh, Logan Paul and Jake Paul. They're making a lot of people into boxing. And each time I see them, like, you know, we had Jake Paul, who's 24, fight Tyron Woodley, a a three-time former UFC fighter who's 45. Um, Paul knocked him out, like, in the sixth round. And when I saw him go down, I'm like, that is – he is not going to be normal after that hit. And and it always shocked me, too, because it's like we we watch this and it – while I'm I'm not one of those people who should say, oh, we need more regulation in combat sports, it's like – there's no reason why they shouldn't be wearing some headgear. Like if they were competing in the Olympics, they would be wearing headgear. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, oh, well, you know, they're wearing gloves. And it's like, no, the gloves are not meant to protect your head. The gloves are meant to protect your hands so yeah. your hands don't break. Because they're because, broken hands. Yeah. yeah. And it's like they're meant to protect your hands because, you know, the other false thing about boxing is like the, the human head especially is not meant to be hit like 600 times. No. I mean, they actually count the punches during those exhibition matches. And those guys are getting hit in the head hundreds of times. Yeah. I mean, it's, well, it, it's I'll shocking. tell you as an, as you're, you're a younger chap and I'm an older chap now that it catches up to you. And that's the thing I didn't realize when I was young, that all these injuries I sustained and all this stuff is catching up to me. And that's the part that there may have been some things I would have done differently. The biggest one would have been to be healthier. <laughs> Because you can repair, because even me growing up, you know, our diet was Kool-Aid, you know, Velveeta and mayonnaise sandwiches and Pop-Tarts and Fruit Loops, it appeared, because we grew up during the mass food 
and high sugar and high carbon junk was during the 70s. Um, but we still had some semblance of food, but not much. And, you know, I just realized that as, as I've honed in over the last 15 years, my diet and figuring everything out that I can do far more than I used to be able to do at some stages of my life, just because I have my health in order. But these injuries, that's not fixing those. I mean, I've had multiple injections in both elbows to include, I went through, um, those uh, like cortisone shots or something. I've done cortisone. I started with cortisone. It's been a year and a half now. I started with cortisone. Those work, but those will deteriorate all your tendons eventually. So you can't keep going, get them. Mm -hmm. And then I went to, uh, um, um, PRP and tried that on both of them. That helped, that didn't help a whole lot. And, And I've gone to stem cell injections now. And uh, that's a touchy issue. I can't get too far into that, but it's worked magic. I mean, wow. Talk about a massive difference, but that's something that most Americans don't even know where to go. And it's expensive. You know, I know people who have done the intravenous through addiction. It's been shown for addicts to help them out a lot of the repair and to get off addiction. They don't really know why. But that's, I know people have spent 50 grand on. Oh, man. Yeah. And the injections can range you from two grand to five grand, depending. Um, but that has helped. But I had to go to the far extreme because of the wear and tear on my body. But I found something that works. And it's still, I mean, my elbows still hurt. Um, they're not perfect, but I use them all the time. And that's the thing, though. These are injuries of overuse. It's a lot of it, you know, my joints, my joints got a ton of miles on them. And that's what I mean. But me being healthy is to be able to maintain, but I work within my parameters. I know what I can and can't do. I haven't ran and no really ran in over a decade because of my back. My back was all screwed up. It screwed up my pelvis. It screwed up my hips. I was supposed to get hip replacements in my thirties. Um, and I didn't, luckily I didn't do it. Um, and I said replacements. I mean, those things take decades off your life. Yes. That's the thing that I don't think a lot of people understand because I've got some, I've, I've got some much older, you know, friends and former coworkers that got full hip replacements. And as they started even encountering issues with the hip replacement, they eventually found out, Oh, I'm not going to live as long because of this. Yeah. Well, the surgeries are highly traumatic. Take a guy who was on the operating table for four hours um, with my back. And I'll tell you what, you just, uh, the recovery on that was a year and a half just to get my shit together. I mean, I was wrecked and, and that's, I mean, these injuries, they stack up and I looked at that and I went, what would my life have been without that injury, that back injury and having to go through this and is misdiagnosed. A lot of things had to happen, but I go, if I could take anything back in life, it would be that back injury for sure. I go, if I could figure that one out, I would definitely reverse that thing because that thing has been chronic pain for now 25 years and it's never going away. And that's what I mean. That's why I was trying to kind of instill in you. It sounds fun when you're young, but as a guy who basically went through a massive injury at age 25 and's lived with it ever since, I'd rather not, <laughs> to be honest with you, I'd rather not deal with those injuries, uh, the cr- really bad ones. And that's what you're going to get out of combat sports. I mean, there's, there's not a whole lot of minor injuries in combat sports. They can be very, I mean, bad, uh, you know, they can redirect your entire life. And I that's mean, why I, I was warning yeah. you, be careful. 
just be careful with that stuff. I know Joe Rogan has made it super popular and everyone thinks they're going to be a jiu-jitsu star and all that. I, great. I, hey, I like Rogan. But he, he, you also need to look at Rogan. He's jacked up. I mean, his body's wrecked. The guy's got a ton of issues. Did you see what happened to uh, Conor McGregor's leg Mm-mm. like six months ago? He was, he was in the ring with somebody, and I think it was because of a calcium deficiency and high-impact training. Like, he was actually doing, like, full-impact sparring, not just, you know, sparring for, compact, for contact. Um, he, he was about to kick somebody, so he got in a, in a, in a back stance, and his freaking um, – what, what's the bone underneath your knee? I failed that class. Oh. Uh, it's not a femur. No, bad. you mean right underneath your knee? Yeah, like you your, your shin tibia. bone. Yeah, your tibia. His his freaking leg snapped in half. Yeah, just from standing. Yeah, and well, yeah, I mean it was stress fractures and it was also calcium deficiency. So, Which is interesting how he ended up with a calcium deficiency. I think he. I think, I think they looked at that and they found that he was naturally more deficient in calcium oh. compared to other people. So he had that already kind of going against him, but it was the high impact training that kind of accelerated that. Mm -hmm. So Conor McGregor, he took a few weeks off and it healed, but then he started getting back into it. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I get the ego, like, you know, he wants to remain, you know, the, the, the title belt holder in his uh, featherweight division, but it's one of those things where it's just like, that's going to break again. And now everyone saw that break. So you don't think people are going to go for the leg? Oh, of course they are. Of course they are. Well, and that's why I was trying to instill in you a little bit of, again, the, the risk reward. What are you going to do with this? What, how is this going to better your life? That's how you have to look at it long-term. And that's part of growing, getting older. I, I, trust me, I did a bunch of dumb shit when I was young. And I now look back and I go, hmm, that wasn't a good decision. And I probably shouldn't have done that. And that's how I look at, and that's why I work with a lot of younger people who come reach out to me because I've made these mistakes. I've done it. And I don't want them to do the same thing because it alters your life course. And, you know, hey, I'm a pain guy. I'm all about life's about pain, struggle within limits. Then there's bad decisions that you want to avoid those as much as you possibly can. Are you going to make them? Of course you are. But there's some that you can easily avoid that literally have no upside in your life by going through them, <laughs> you know, going and getting brain damage. Mm, that's not going to help you out. That's something that's not going to, so you need to look at the fitness level. What is going to make you the healthiest and fittest person you can be with the least reper repercussions on permanent damage to your health. That's how you have to look at it. Yeah. The, the, the big challenge for me has been, I, uh, went, went, and, and it was, it wasn't just because I moved to a new place by myself. It, it was, it was because of a lot of, you know, a, a lot of trauma from 2020 having, you know, job losses, salary cuts, just all this shit. The, the big thing for me was I wanted to jump so far into the deep end of something that I could feel that just by doing it, it was an accomplishment. And I still feel that to a large degree. Like I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to quit Gary, but the one thing that you definitely did make me realize was that I was really overdoing it. And I, I have made some reckless decisions. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. And the first thing was I was going every day, every day. I was doing multiple classes a day. And I, that was when I was getting injured the most. What I figured out was that when I was do doing it, 
three, four times a week with, you know, at least a break in between, that's when the injury stops. But I was going hard because I'm like, I can lose a ton more weight. I can learn a ton more stuff. I might get promoted faster. I want to do all this stuff. And I had to realize that like, that's not good. And if I want to keep doing this, the route I was kind of going on the last couple of months is going to prevent me from doing it at all. So that's the one thing that I've definitely noticed. And the other thing was I thought, oh, I'm just going to be naturally better because this is all I'm doing every day. Like there's no substitute for getting mat time in at the gym and rolling with a partner. But I was using that as a almost complete replacement for regular like workouts for Mm -hmm. long cardio, for strength training, all things that could help me with my jujitsu. But I wasn't doing it at all because I'm like, if I just do jujitsu all day, I'll be fine. And that was also an issue because what I realized was that, you know, a lot of my neck pain comes from a damaged brachial nerve in my right shoulder. What I realized was that if I do more stretching, if I do more, you know, shoulder and neck um, and back workouts, I'm going to feel less pain when I do that. So the, the big thing for me that I had to really shed was a lot of that ego. And that's why I see in a lot of people that do, you know, real high, high risk. I call it high risk. They call it professional combat sports and even CrossFitters. It's like the, the ego is what's going to cause everything else because I want to be able to do this, but you know, I'm not going to be a professional fighter. I don't, I don't care if I, you know, can kick everyone's ass. I'm doing it for the community. I'm doing it for the fun, for the confidence building and everything else. But the, the risk of how I was treating it would have sacrificed that long term. Well, and that's the thing. There's nothing wrong with jujitsu as long as you do it within, you know, again, within your parameters and within your limits. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean. It's like me. If I was to go out now and go, oh, I'm going to join an adult tackle football league. <laughs> Bad idea. I played tackle football up till I was 26. Um, and I'll tell you what, the damage that did. And I remember the last game and I went, yeah, I think that's probably not a good idea. And, and understanding that. And that's what I mean. You, you have to look at, and the ego is hard to get rid of. I mean, guys are fueled by testosterone. You know, that's a drug in itself because, you know, it gives you that kind of competitive edge. You want to compete. And that's what I've had to learn in my life is, again, I'm competing against myself at this point. What do I do to keep myself motivated and what will make me better at life? Because life is the ultimate game that we're playing, right? So what, how do I balance these things where I get the competitiveness of, of things? And, 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 you know, to be honest with you, getting older has helped because the testosterone levels go down. So that kind of helps. But again, like I said, you want to be well-rounded in your fitness. So I always tell people, you can exercise yourself to death. If you're not eating right, you're doing more damage than good. You know, because I've known a lot of people go, I'm just going to exercise my bad diet away. No, you're going to really screwing yourself up and end up hurt and drained is what you're going to end up doing and screwing up your thyroid. So, you know, you want something that you can get cardio. I can't run anymore. So I ride bikes. I can still do hit training on, you know, the recumbent bike and on the, uh, um, oh gosh, what's that thing? Can't remember the thing where you kind of run, but there's no impact. Uh, oh, it's, it's the, it's the treadmill that's kind of curved. No, no. It's uh oh gosh. That one? Yeah, I, you know, you put your feet in, it's got the little feet things on the, oh, the elliptical elliptical. God, yeah. Um, you know what I mean? I can do other things and, and, you know, just working in the yard, shoveling dirt, that'll get your heart rate up guaranteed, you know, 
And that's, I mean, just think of things. I look at things too of how can, and that's why I did this. This, this is actually a really good point because I, I, I was, I've done all my landscaping before. It sucks. It's a lot of work. Um, and I was going to pay someone to come in here and move all the dirt around. I've had all the rock delivered and everything. And I sat there and went, you know, I'm kind of over contractors anyway. You know, all I need is them to put a blade in the side of my house or take out my propane tank and, you know, lose my, lose my mind. But I thought of it in a different way too. And I went, you know what? Oh, I like doing this stuff. I like exercise. I like physical activity. Sure. It may take me 20 times as long to do it this way, but I'll just peck at it day by day. And I'll put all the rocks where I want the rocks. I'll put the dirt where I want the dirt. And the thing is, it's therapeutic. So I'm saving money. It's therapeutic and I'm getting exercise out of it. Well, that's pretty damn good. You know, and I think if people thought more that way, if figure out a task where you can get something productive done and you get a workout and you get that kind of clearing of the mind, you shovel rock for four hours guarantee at the end of the day, you're really tired and your mind's clear. <laughs> They're not a whole, there's not a whole lot going on at the end of the day. And you feel the reward because you accomplish something. You know, I'm going to gain out of this. It's going to make my property worth more money in the end. Right. And then I get the satisfaction of people looking at it and going, damn, that looks good. You know, me looking at it, that looks good. And if I screw it up, guess what? I just go out and fix it. Pretty basic. And that's why I tell people kind of look at exercise differently. Everyone looks at it as torture <laughs> and I'm all, it doesn't have to all be torture. Find something you enjoy doing and do it, you know, just go out and do it. Exercise is exercise. You know, you have to lift something though. I always tell people you can't just cardio yourself to death. You got to lift something because lifting and putting strain on your bones is actually what builds bone strength. Bones strengthened by the resistance of the tendons and muscles upon the bone. So if you never load your, your body and, and do lift things here and there, you're, you actually end up with weak bones and joints. That's a fact. So you have to kind of mix it all up is the best way. You know, if you're going to do jujitsu, maybe you roll it down to one, two days a week. You throw in a couple days of lifting and some cardio in there. That sounds pretty damn good to me. Yeah. That's why I've had to come down to, because I've also realized that a lot of injury prevention isn't just from how I respond to the injury afterwards and some of the measures I take previously, but also like, you know, working on my back and my shoulders and my neck has been the biggest thing I've had to yeah. lift more often than I regularly have. And it's not one of the most fun things I do, but I've noticed it's like, dang, like I'm not, I'm not feeling as injured as often. And, and I mean, I, I want people to understand, like I, I practice what I preach. Like I'm very, very concerned about concussions, not just in me, because it's probably done something that I'm going to have to deal with long-term. Like I've already been told, like you're my likelihood of Alzheimer's dementia, um, you know, blood clots, uh, aneurysms, like I'm going to have to probably encounter that when I'm older. That's just something I've accepted. And that's a big fear for me. So, you know, for, for nights that we do defensive jujitsu, where we throw striking into the component, I, I realized I want to do that, but what did I have to compromise? I'm the only guy wearing headgear. I look like a dork, but my thing is like, I'm going to wear the headgear. I'm going to wear my mouthpiece. And if I don't want to go up against a certain person, I'm not going to go with that person. Smart move. Smart move. Don't again, let the ego go. And I'm in, I, oh, I was in the same boat. I've been knocked out. Gosh, I don't know. A couple more than a couple of times, like out, out, 
lights out. And uh, I've also received quite a few concussions through sports. Knocked myself out a couple times mountain biking. <laughs> so, you know, you wake up and you're in a bush and you're all, how'd I get here? <laughs> you know, and you're like, holy shit. And, and I realized that too, with all the data, I went, ah, I can't risk head trauma. I really can't. Man, the brain does not recover. No. It gets better, but it does not recover like other parts of your body. Yeah. And, and like you said, we weren't meant to get our head pounded, you know, over and over again. Uh, these, 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 uh, you know, balls on top of our shoulders are rather important. This is what separates us from the rest of the animal kingdom is this gooey gunk in our skull and you have to take care of it. And that means health exercise, getting oxygen and also not getting it jarred as much as possible, you know, and I'm not saying, uh, avoid any, everything that you could actually hit your head, but I'm saying, be careful. I mean, think about it. You know, I, my mountain biking drastically changed after the last time I knocked myself out because I woke up, like I said, in a bush and I was like, Oh no. And I didn't know where I was for uh, probably five seconds and no one was around. I was out by myself. It was later in the day. And I thought about it and I went, that could have really ended badly for what, you know, and that's kind of the rational thinking. And we kind of lose that too. I talk about this all the time and you know, the healthier you get, it's kind of interesting how, how you think much clearer, uh, the cognitive function comes and you make much better decisions. I've noticed that. And I think things through much better than I did when I eat the standard American diet I actually can put things in steps and go, okay, and I walk through it and I go, mm, bad idea. And I won't do it. Previously, I would have just done it. And that's people go health, eating healthy and being healthy can change that drastically, drastically change your cognitive function. If um, you, you don't have children, but if you had sons, would you let them play full contact football? I've been asked that a couple times and I loved football. It's still to this day, my was my favorite sport to play. My best sport where I was best at was baseball, but I didn't like it because it was too boring. Um, with the way it is today, cause I've, I've coached uh, football and I've also worked with pretty high caliber football athletes and the way the games changed and the way it is, I don't know. Um, it's just not the same game. You know, these kids are big, you know, and, and the things are uh, just the way things are taught. I don't know. I, I would always allow them to decide for themselves, but I actually just had a friend, a friend, his son actually uh, broke his leg in half and almost lost his leg um, in a football shit. game. And, and yeah. And young, I think he was 15 when that happened and literally it could have died. I mean, it was that bad. The bone came out. I mean, the whole bit. And, uh, you know, take him, it's taken him years to recover. And he went back and I think he played for a little bit, but he lost the spark for it. And it's one of those things you got to decide again, risk reward. I never would want to tell my kids, you can't do this like that, you know, to play a sport. That's a rough one. As, as I'm, as I'm getting closer to getting married, of course, I mean, these are some of the things that I've had to think about 
because it's stuff I've never thought about. For the first time in my life, I'm thinking about having a family. And, you know, I, I think because of my own experience of concussions and things like that, like the first concussion I got was when I was uh, 15. I was at a Taekwondo tournament and I got hit in the, I got kicked in the head multiple times. I had my guard down too much. He got me right, right in the temple. And it was that last one where it's like something was different and I get knocked out, but I was out. Like physically I was responsive and stuff like that, but like, I was not mentally there. And eventually one of the judges was like, he needs to lay down. I laid down. They quickly got the paramedics near me. I broke my nose too. Like, um, you know, it was one of those things where I realized like, man, when you get hit in the head, even if you're, it's not a full KO, like that follows you. And when I got concussions after that, through other things, each one got progressively worse. Yes. And with, with football, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. I think it's one of the biggest examples because I mean, we've seen what happens to those football players who they, they leave the league after they retire. And like within a decade, they're, they're like children. Yeah. And people used to think, Oh, you know, it's just because they were obviously doing drugs and drinking and they were always stupid and all this other stuff. But it's like, no, it's like that guy is shitting himself. Yeah. Like that dude can't take, that guy can't take care of himself now. Yeah. Playing football is being in low speed car accidents over and over and over again. And they've tried to eliminate all the, the, the head to head contact, you know, helmet to helmet, Mm -hmm. which I grew up, we, man, we speared the shit out of each other. Trust me. And, and I got concussions from that as well. But what happens also is by eliminating that it doesn't eliminate the jarring. The brain, just because you're not having that helmet to helmet contact as much, you still get the jars and the brain shakes. And that's part of it. It bounces off the inside of your skull. That's where the concussions come from. Mm -hmm. And it's like soccer players. They suffer a lot of concussions and, and that's what you have to look at as well. And I, yeah, it helps a little bit, but it's still a low speed car accident. I mean, if there's contact like that, you're running into each other. When I grew up, most offensive linemen early in my age were less than 200 pounds, you know, offensive linemen, you've got some 350, you know, they're almost twice the size and, you know, anyone who passed basic physics and, and took it in high school knows that the more mass, the more damage. I mean, it takes a lot more force to slow that mass down, which means hitting that much mass to each other as it, as you get bigger, it's more damage. And, you know, that's probably why the injuries weren't as bad, even though the helmets were worse, but today, yeah, there's, there's no doubt these guys are suffering a lot, but it's also, they knew the damn, I mean, Hey, I knew football was dangerous. It's like jujitsu, you know, it's dangerous Mm -hmm. and you have to decide, is it worth the money and to pursue, even though it's probably going to shorten my life as a career. And, and that's the decision you have to make these, Hey, these guys became millionaires. They traded it and they made that's the thing. They made the decision. They got to make that decision. Did the NFL hide some of the data? Yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and, and you know, but you still made the decision. I mean, anyone who doesn't think contact sports uh, like boxing, uh, martial arts, football, aren't da- car racing, aren't dangerous. Well, you're dumb. You're just an idiot at that point. Mm-hmm. Of course they're dangerous. You know, and that's the part where I always say, you know, you're free to make your own decisions. You just need to know what the repercussions are. And that's why I try and do tell people, I, I don't do this to say, hey, I'm right. I never want to talk anyone out of anything competitive, but been there and you just got to decide life balance. 
Definitely. And as people go into this new year, the one thing I want people to take away is that one, don't focus on the resolutions, focus on the habit building. Yes. Two, I mean, understand that everything we do in life is a journey. It's not just something that we're going to simply accomplish something amazing in a very short, unrealistic amount of time. And, uh, you know, that, that's what it comes down to. And, you know, for, for folks that want to go from never having exercise to doing something insane, like climb Mount Everest, understand no one's saying you can't do that, but there's obviously a risk. There's a lot of dead bodies on Everest. Yes. It's like, we, we have to understand that and then really understand what the goal is because I mean, I, I'm certainly, no one's going to see me on the UFC anytime soon, Gary. <laughs> No one, no one is ever going to see me, you know, do, do, uh, you know, direct to DVD tutorial videos and stuff like that. And that's why I had to tell myself, it's like, why am I really doing this? And when I really got to the point where it's like, because I get to meet new people, I get to do something awesome. I get to learn something that builds confidence. That's why I was like, you know what? I, I don't feel bad about dialing it back. Yep. Well, and you shouldn't. And that's the thing. Like I said, it's, it's just trying to figure out and, and it, it, it never follow trends is what I tell people in health. Usually that's a road to disaster. You know, I think jujitsu kind of got trendy. CrossFit got really trendy. And I always tell people, avoid those, avoid the trends, analyze what you want to do, how you want to be healthy and make the decision for yourself. Don't be influenced by trends. You know, I always laugh at, uh, with that bike, uh, Peloton, I laugh. I have multiple friends who I can't believe fucking people bought those things. I mean, I went, dude, you just paid 2,503 and now you got a monthly subscription for a bike that takes you nowhere. (laughs) I'm all, it goes nowhere. And I'm all, do you understand that? Right. And every one of them regretted the purchase. Every (laughs) single one of them. Surprised. And I go, that's the health industry. And you have to look at it that way because the health industry is never going to tell you that it doesn't cost much and it's easy to be healthy because there's no money to be made. My famous saying, there's no money in healthy people. None. That's the problem. And you just have to look at it as a different source of, like I said, filling your time with something productive, something you enjoy. And at times, even enjoying you know, exercise is painful. Just is. But pain builds character. Uh, we wouldn't be here without pain. And, and I think what that's part of a bigger, bigger problem in general is people want all of the positives without the sacrifice, without the pain. They just want it. And that's a bigger picture of entitlement. And, you know, everything should be easy. And I've always talked about this, why people follow the false prophets and the people. We, we have this idol worship. I'm going to dig real deep in an episode on this. Humans have have worshipped idols for thousands of years to their detriment, <laughs> and we do it today. We and I call it the celebrities, uh, the influencers, the TikTokers, all these people. You should not allowing any influence in your life. I tell people if you want to really screw up your life, emulate a celebrity. That's usually the easiest way. But we have it ingrained in us. I'm all. Why wouldn't you go learn? You know, you say you want to learn how to be healthier and go work out. Well, I guarantee probably someone in your neighborhood is a personal trainer has been doing it or a coach for 30 years. That's the person you should probably get in the information from who's in good shape. You know, not some celebrity who doesn't live the lifestyle or ever has lived the lifestyle you have probably since they're, you know, whenever they wanted to be a celebrity. You know, their goal wasn't to be healthy. Their goal is to be a celebrity and then get you to spend money on them telling you what to do. You know what I mean? In my head, none of it makes any sense. 
there's plenty of people out here that will cost you less who have a ton of knowledge, ton of knowledge in, in being healthy, healthy diet, athletics, find that person. They probably don't live in a 8,000 square foot mansion. They probably live in a normal house in a residential neighborhood down the street from you, but they have far more knowledge than that celebrity or influencer. That's where you need to go. <laughs> Simple, but I just, that's how I think. I, I don't listen to celebrities for pretty much anything. Um, they entertain me. That's their job. Other than that, I don't want to hear shit from them. Rightfully said, rightfully said. Gary, if people want to go ahead and uh, check out all your products on your website, subscribe to your show and everything, how could they do so? Just uh, everything I do is on the simplelifenow.com. You can access everything, podcast, uh, books, courses. I have a supplement line that I've had forever. Uh, I carried it on even though I didn't want to because I have too many customers who would kill me if I ever got rid of it. Um, and I don't make a ton of money on it. The, I, the I, concentrated turmeric... Like folks, like he did not pay me to do this. The concentrated, the concentrated, the concentrated turmeric. When I started taking that, I got off all my anti-inflammatory medication. I've been doing this a long time. Yeah, and and like Gary, like I'll be honest with you, I bought after I ran out of my first bottle, I bought a larger stuff of turmeric from Costco, and it is not the same. So as soon as that is done, which it should be in a couple of weeks, I'm going back and I'm getting the, the turmeric pills that are available on the simplelife.com because well, it's just a, such a, like, it's a, it's a different product entirely. Well, and I hope people understand all my products are made in America. That's another thing. Always have been, always will be. I control the books. I control the printing. It's all done in the U S and I firmly believe in that. And all the products I carry, I carry them not to make, I, obviously it's a business, but I provide a service. I would never sell anything that I don't believe in and I don't use myself. And that's firmly how I think we should do things, but that's kind of been lost. But you go to the website, it's all there. Uh, you can listen to the podcast there. I have the the Simple Life with Gary Collins is my podcast. Um, I do it weekly, getting ready to do it bi-weekly. I'm on the world according to Ben Stein a couple times a week as well. And yeah, just go there. Uh, the journal, Heck, if people are getting ready and they're dead set on their New Year's resolution, I did that thing a year ago. God, it seems like it's been five years. But I built this journal that is 365 days of positive actions and building habits over a year. And it's not just where you write things down. I hate those. I think journaling to journal is the dumbest idea known to man. It's about 35,000 words of content of helping you. And it's going through the three-legged stool of the simple life in multiple steps over a year to change your life. If you go there, I only sell it on the website. You can't buy it anywhere else. Again, it's all printed in the US. I pay pay for it all on my own. No publishing companies involved. If you're really looking to change your life, that's the product I'm the proudest of, period, is that journal. Well, Gary, thank you so much for coming on. We went a little bit over time, but I always appreciate you answering all my dumb questions and everything. Folks, if you want to go ahead and help the show, keep conversations like this with Gary going and other fantastic guests, please. It costs you nothing but five seconds of your time, a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you're listening to the show across Al Gore's amazing internet, it helps us keep going. As always, I'm Remster W. Martinez. Be safe, be good. Good night. Good night.